What's going on, everybody? It is just a beautiful day here in the city of Chicago. You have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I just want to get out in front of it and apologize, Sox fans, that the uh, Cubs could not come through in Cleveland. And they were good but, games, too. No, they were fantastic. Objectively speaking, fantastic games. A little scoring back and forth. Well, yeah. not really back and forth, <laughs> but, you know. Great games for a baseball fan to watch. Yes. Terrible for the Cubs. And sporting his new Cubs jersey down there, the good Reverend K. Fitz. Apparently, I have been um, um, embraced and pulled into what's now called the the ham the ham fam. Uh, the ham, ham fam. fam. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a ham sandwich with the ham fam here with uh, Billy Hamilton. All of a sudden, turning into a fucking juggernaut. So we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to ham that. Ham ham Sam. It's time because uh, Billy Heart. Hamilton feast. Billy Hamilton got the call for the series against the Twins, and homeboy answered. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. Ham Fam president yes, Luke, is... And you are the patriarch of the Ham Yeah, fam. I was going to say, Luke, you should probably know. So, uh, since we last did a show, because like we didn't do a Monday show, uh, White Sox are on a bit of a roll. Uh, Six-game winning streak, sweeping two division rivals. Pew, pew! Um, so we're going to get into that, what it means, what we saw. And then the Cubs... Uh, had a rough go in Cleveland, but that was only a two-game series, not a huge deal. We've lost the last three, six and four in the last ten games. Um, in a tough NL Central right now, they're not sitting where they want to be, but I have a feeling that it's only temporary. This team's looking good, dude. And I'm saying that as a Sox fan. And yes, I am in a really good fucking mood because we just swept the Twins. But the Cubs look like a better team than their record shows. There so, is a scary stat about their offense, though. I'll share that during the show. Okay. <laughs> I'm nervous now. But we will get into that much, much more. If you're new to the show, this is Pinwheels and Ivy. We talk about White Sox. We talk about Cubs. We answer questions on the chat. If you watch us live on Thursday night, um, make sure you know you can tune into Anchor. Um, we're on Spotify. YouTube live, Periscope live on Thursday night, and also, also streaming on the front page of your MySpace page as well on the little digital thing. Under hell yeah, dude! Phone. I gotta update my top eight. I'm putting Hamilton in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be a good segment. That's actually a pretty good segment. <laughs> we should do that. Um, all this and much more. Let's sit back, crack a beer. I'm pretty sure half of the White Sox fandom is hammered drunk already, so that's awesome. Yeah, dog. Let's tap this keg. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee. So the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for. Yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah Every season make it all change Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on a boy, yeah Every season make it all change Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on a boy, yeah Every season 
Um, so this is usually when I tell you the show is brought to you by points, but it's still the case. If you sign up with if you sign up with points, but uh, I don't know what that was, but our audience is now deaf. Um, if you sign up with points, but make sure you still use promo code pinwheels, but I'm also going to use this time because we need to get better at this fellas as a unit. We need to get better at go buy a fucking t-shirt or a mug or a baby onesie or whatever you can put our logo on. Uh, we'll tweet out the link periodically as we do the show Thursday night uh, live, but we'll keep tweeting it out during um, the week. Some of you have already tweeted us some pictures of you wearing our merch. I just want to get this out to everybody right now. The money that comes from that merch, obviously we don't live very lavish lifestyles. The money that comes from that merch is going to go back into the show, better equipment, better everything. So we can do, um, you know, makeup table, new makeup table, possibly maybe more closet space. So I don't have to use my (laughs) treadmill, a lot of things, but I do get a ceiling mirror. So we get some really creepy shit going on down in 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 that studio. And I mean, we love you guys. We always appreciate the support that we get week in and week out. And this show keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. Like it's, it's gotten to the point where every week is our best week because it's better than the last week. And we're going to keep working hard. We're going to keep doing that. But we've also gotten to a point where a little scratch wouldn't hurt. So buy a t-shirt, buy a mug, buy whatever. It's made by a friend of the show, friend of White Sox Twitter, Elwiz or whatever, uh, you know. Or- yeah, I know, but I don't know if people oh, want to Yeah, there you go. Stop snark using early. government. That's another thing. Stop <laughs> using government names on the internet, people. Steve, I'm looking at you calling out my sock summer's real name. Stop oh, using God. government. Yeah, stop using <laughs> government names. You'll have to forgive Steve. He passed out on the train last night. So Kevin I, Fiddler. One of that's, those a, that's not even his name. We decide. But also the, the cool part. thing, too, is Fred. so Thursday night, for you White Sox fans is now turned into like the old school NBC must see TV Thursday night lineup. So you have our show that goes live usually around five 30 Sox machine goes live at 7 PM. And then one away brings it home at eight 30 and all three of those shows can be seen live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to all three channels, but I mean, that's a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of different structured shows, a lot of, yeah, so nonsense. Really. Yeah, Thursday night's a great night to just get drunk, throw YouTube on, and do what you need to do. A little nasty pedal. Um, a little slap and pickle. A little slap and pickle. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my little spiel to start the show. Now back to me being a really, I'm in a great fucking mood. I know I'm going to keep saying it, but I really am. Hey, so, question mm-hmm. Are you in a good mood? No. I'm in a great fucking mood. I brought this. Uh, <laughs> I brought this little guy for in, in honor of Aloha, Mr. Hand, of course. But right. for the White Sox sweep today, I mean, if the Cubs can't sweep, at least the White Sox gave us a reason to do a little bit of a shot, celebratory shot. Just want the Cubs to score some runs. Yeah, That'd be nice. At least you know the Cubs couldn't lose today. They're off. So. That's good. I, I figured that was going to get come up, but White Sox go into Kansas City at the time. Kansas City was one of the better records in baseball. And I don't want. We, we all call this. Oh, I think <laughs> anyone that's watched baseball in the last like decade called this. So Kansas City was sitting pretty high. Um, they had a really good start to the season. You know, they don't have a bad team. 
it's not terrible, but it's not definitely not best record in baseball good. And, you know, guys like Matt Duffy, he's been pitching his balls off and like you know, you're thinking about Cubs legend Matt Duffy. Or are you thinking about Danny Duffy? Danny Duffy, Danny Duffy, Danny Duffy. Um Patrick Duffy from Dallas. He's he's just dreamy. That's a TV show. He's dreamy um, with a hair helmet. And that right. hair helmet is really what really does it. It really puts the whole package together. But the the White Sox went in there. They they took the series. I mean, uh, those games I don't think we need to get too much into just because there wasn't – they just beat the shit out of them. Um, but the big news is Kansas City is currently on an 11-game losing streak now. Yes, <laughs> and they are sitting at sixteen and twenty now. I mean, uh, that, so that was basically the series where, like, the the, the Royals, because I think they were still like around five hundred, right? Yeah, like about they, the, like they could have been like, all right, here we go. We got the Sox in, got them at home. Let's get let's yep. let's break this losing streak. And it was like, no. I mean, nice little five weeks you had, but like, go back to the basement. Kansas City, they actually could have where they. They had just lost the lead in the Yale Central right before the first game with the Sox. Cleveland passed them up. But then they had the Sox, then they were in Detroit, and then they have the Sox again. Like, they could have made a move. <laughs> they 100% could have made a move. They they chose the other way. Not to. 11-game <laughs> losing. That's tough, dude. That's almost two straight weeks of just losing baseball games. That's fucking – that's tough. Yeah. It's kind of like my social life from somewhere between, like, age 28 to 29. <laughs> Just, just not taking, just taking L's, taking L's left and right. A little, little step, a little step slower, and yeah, uh, the ladies definitely didn't dig me. So, and then, but the series I really want to talk about is the twin series. So the White Sox, and I need to clear this up, Alex. By the way, I'm not wasted. No, yeah, well, not yet. Yeah, okay. not yet. I can not tell yet. when he is. He's not. You'll wasted. know. You'll know. Um. <laughs> start talking about so minnesota comes to town and it's a big three game series because one of the things the white Sox talked about going into the season was having that killer instinct it was something that they lacked in previous years uh giolito brought it up he did say eight o'clock giolito brought it up uh tim anderson brought it up all these guys brought it up and you could tell it was something that was important to them as an organization, as a clubhouse to get that, that killer instinct. So now fast forward to this week, you have Minnesota, your, I think your biggest rival in the division limping into the South side. What do you say? Blasted? Yeah. But I mean, like they were like a, (laughs) they were like a wounded animal. You know what I mean? Like they, they're hurting. Um, Like a limp noodle. Yeah, they're they're hurting, and this could have went the completely other way, where the Twins somehow swept the White Sox, and this would have been like the launching pad. You know what I'm saying? Like this would have been the one mm-hmm. where you look back and you're like, "Oh shit, this is where it all turned around." But it didn't. Um, the White Sox did what they had to do, and they stepped on their throats, and they fucking crushed them. And it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> Sorry, that was my you showed Christmas. the killer mentality that I think a lot of Sox fans have wanted to see out of the, out of this team, which is the the not just like beating teams, but to literally snap their necks and drop their dead carcass into the court to let everybody see yes what they just did. Look, mommy, look what I just did. I just killed the king. 
And you know what? You felt it though. Mm-hmm. Like the White Sox are up, you know, eight runs on Wednesday night and they're still stealing bases. They're still going, you know what I mean? Like they didn't really take their foot off the gas, even though Minnesota came back a little bit, but yeah. And so now the White Sox are in a fantastic position where they have a doubleheader with a terrible Kansas city team on Friday and then Kansas city again on one or Saturday and Sunday. And then they go into Minnesota for three more games so they can really knock these motherfuckers out. Yep. I mean, Minnesota, Minnesota is literally in Minnesota is a worse fucking record than Detroit right now. It's, if you had that on your bingo card before the season started, you should just cash that ticket. Cause Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's almost for you guys as White Sox fans. Uh, you well, obviously you never want to count a team out. Things weird things can happen in a baseball season, obviously. But it's really nice to see the team that was the projected kind of like the the glamour pick to win the division again, the reigning champion of the division. You know, go down and 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 the team that's been really at the top, literally in the basement now at this point, and playing right. bad baseball. Now it's not just like they're losing; they're playing bad right. baseball, and so it's. Yeah, maybe they'll figure it out and write this ship, but you, like, like you can't lose. You know, you can't win. You know, a pennant or or a postseason spot in the in in, in, this, in you know early April and in May, but you can definitely lose it. And so, right. it's it's for you guys. It's got to be nice to see the the, the, the team that you thought was going to give you the most guff is a non factor almost at this point. They they really are dead in the water at this point. You know, you you can almost expect to see the self destruction coming. You can right. almost expect to see the dugout fights and the, the extreme behavior from teams that don't lose well. And it's going to spiral. Interesting. You bring that up because there were twins. I don't know if they're B writers or bloggers. I'm not too uh, familiar with them, but they're already calling to blow it up. Like a blue check Mark on Twitter. Twins writer was just like, I can see the writing on the wall, blow this up, start selling it for parts, get, get what you can for people right now. And I mean, if you can, if the White Sox can go back into Minnesota, and let's just say they take two out of three, obviously I want them to sweep, but let's say they take two out of three. Now you got the Twins front office thinking maybe we should be sellers. Maybe it is time. You know, some of their players are on the back nine or can't stay healthy. Their best players hurt constantly. Um, but it's just the things that we saw in the Twin series, though. Saw Garrett Crochet. He's back. I mean, homeboy's hitting 98, throwing that dirty slider. He had a little rough go on it on Thursday. Cats went out. I don't know what the fuck Cats said to him, but straightened him out right away. I mean, that's his job, and it was great to see it. I told you to beat the shit out of him if you don't get it done. Or, something or like that. Take away at SpaghettiOs, been in the clubhouse. <laughs> really get the little guy's attention. Something like that. It I worked. Mean, Dylan C's looked really good. Wait, um, before we get to the good stuff. Garrett Crochet's mustache, like they're bullying him, right? Yes. Like they have to be like, you have to, you can't grow facial hair, but we're gonna make you, and you're gonna look ridiculous. Yes, I think that, that thing is ridiculous. <laughs> well, he's he is the guy. Like they are doing the whole thing where like rookies are carrying like SpongeBob, love it, book bags and stuff like that. So I think they're like making him have the mustache. I'm just making that up too. Like don't like be like. But you I'm, have to I'm completely making that up off the cuff right now. <laughs> this is a Larusa clubhouse, so you can almost guarantee that there is. That element is well accepted in a Tony Larusa clubhouse. To the the idea of keeping your rookies uncomfortable, to keep them from keeping them humble in a sense, but playfully doing it, not being like because like, there are some clubhouses I can tell you that are whether it's the high school level or the pro level or the college level, 
those clubhouses can get really toxic because there's some assholes that'll really take it too far mm -hmm. into these kind of things. But when you're doing stuff like this, the playful stuff, when you're when you're keeping, hey, rookie, I want you to grow the creepiest perv stash you could possibly muster. And you're going to keep it because I said so and or whatever it is. And so <laughs> it's it that's kind of the fun part about having young ball players on a team is it is it's 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 not just carry my bag rookie like that be original. Right. It's carry the SpongeBob bag, carry the print, you know, yeah, you need to wear this Disney princess shirt now out to the plane. Like you're doing stuff that's fun but enough to keep it light but not enough to hurt somebody's feelings. And some clubs clubhouses do go a little too far. I mean that you know the the old duct tape guys on the fence and hit fun goes at them from home places isn't really the isn't, isn't as fun anymore. As it used yeah. to be. I don't think I don't even think you can do that stuff anymore. Like they used to make it more dress and stuff, and then that got canceled. I feel like pretty recent. I was like, yeah, I think that was happening in like 2016. Right. I'm just like laughing my ass over here. This has nothing to do with whites. I'm sorry. But uh Fred Hubner, uh, you know, Chicago people who listen to radio you know who oh, Fred yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. He <laughs> I've never seen it. I mean, we've all seen ratios on Twitter, mm -hmm. but 92 retweets they're all quote tweets <laughs> because because he tweeted out when will baseball stadiums realize the music they play should be for the people at the games not the hip-hop rap nobody uh in the stands knows Fred's awesome. never. yeah i actually asked do they have music for vaccinated patrons as well is there a i mean i don't think i've ever seen that just all the retweets quote tweets. <laughs> yeah well that, that was, was a tip too we saw that that the the, the that that guaranteed rates gonna make the 108, one of its vaccinated sections. So you're there safe if you don't want to get COVID, but you're totally fucked if you're trying to not get MRSA, you know, maybe a little bit of herpes, cold sores. Those are all still in play, but you're safe from COVID. It's it's great. I love that that the 108 is the... Uh, 108 and 109. And then the, the fact that, you know, during the, the press conference, the White Sox said, like, we will be 108ing. Like they use the hashtag, and that's. I mean, those guys need to start uh, really getting the big paychecks. Yeah, they got, they got some, they got some pull up. But uh, back to the series of Minnesota, Dylan Cease looked good. Hammer curveball. That that's wild thing on White Sox Twitter too. We had like a one rough inning where he only gave up, I think, one or two outs, or one or two runs, and everyone started, "Oh boy, here we go, Cease blows again." Ended up finishing the game with the most missed barrels, swing and misses on the night. Record high for him. I think it was 20. And he looked fine. Like, people need to fucking relax with it. They all got guys. Like, Magical had an error, and it was just like, holy shit, here we go. And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he came up and hit a double. And just, but uh, Jose Abreu was just on fire. Can we talk about him real quick. I'm gonna get because 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 Luke's here. I mean, you've got to. I mean, we have. I'm getting. To talk I'm about. getting to him. I'm getting to him. Just let him. Uh, just let him keep arguing in the the, the chat for right now. <laughs> We're keeping him occupied. Yeah, right I'll get it to him. But <laughs> so the White Sox right now have the the best record in baseball percentage wise. They have the largest run differential right now. They're sitting in first place in batting average, second place in total runs. Fifth place in team ERA, fourth place in home runs allowed, ninth place in whip, and then while they're doing all this, they're twenty seventh in home runs. It's insane, and I mean, I know everybody likes to say it'll get warmer. I'm I'm done with the whole it'll get warmer thing. It doesn't even matter. Like now, it's at a point where it's like, holy shit, if they can keep doing this, and then you add home runs to that, this team's gonna be unreal. 
you know what you're getting too is you're getting a team that isn't a three outcome lineup. You're getting a lineup Correct. that actually has that balance where guys are you can you can't go three or four consecutive plate appearances with a three outcome guy. You're you're getting those kind of guys in there. And you really bookend it sometimes when you have, you know, magical at the end too, but you've got I mean, you got TA magical, you've got you know, I mean, I think Eaton would be considered more of a less less of a three outcome guy as well. I think he's more of a a guy that does the job. I mean, you've got three in a lineup of nine, a third of your lineup. That's a great way to break it up. And then you've got, you know, the guys that are kind of filling in, you know, in the outfielders and, and now Vaughn coming into his own Vaughn. I don't even consider Vaughn a three outcome guy. Um, <laughs> I told I really you guys, uh, he's, he's not a true outcome. Um, th- he's a hitter and he's, he's yes. like we talked about a million times. He's a professional hitter. We, you know, and again, I'm not going to, you know, break my arm, patting myself on the back by any means, but I've been no, you should. You for, should. For the whole time that the guy's a mature hitter. It's not going to take a lot. This isn't going to be a three steps forward, two steps back guy. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that's going to just go. And then once he, once it clicks, it's over. And he's, he's not going to have those developmental issues. He's not a kid. He's a young man. He, he's a 22 year old, 23 year old, whatever he is. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, it's, it, it, he was ready. I mean, so like, this is the, this is the exciting part is. Yeah. And the best thing yeah. to, I mean, outside of when I bet on him, I love seeing Andrew Vaughn take walks. And he's taking walks, and he's taking good walks, too. Um, you could tell he still has a little bit of a quick trigger for that low and away breaking ball or slider, whatever. But you could tell he quickly adjusts himself. It's been visible. Um, Andrew Vaughn had a great series against Minnesota. Uh, hit his first home run, you know, and we're going to get to the man, the Frank Mankey quote here in a minute, mm-hmm. but fine. Yes. So the White Sox obviously are down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sorry. The guy with the name. The guy with the manky. Um, the White Sox are obviously down two outfielders, important ones, uh, in Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. So it's been a little bit of a fucking shit show out there. You got Danny Mendick playing right field, which shout out to Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick's a goddamn baseball player. And he's, he's that guy that I'll do whatever I need to do to stay in the show. You want me to play right field? Sure. You want me to catch? Throw on the gear. You need a closer? <laughs> give me the ball. Like, he doesn't care. And he's doing okay. Hit a home run. Like, whatever. He's He hasn't. I mean, Danny Mendick does have a perfect inning of pitching this year. I'd rather have Danny Mendick up than Jake Lamb. <laughs> but we can get more to that. But so with all that being said, the White Sox have been moving things around a lot. There's been a lot of you know, uh, trial and error with some things as we're still getting used to this, but the White Sox have a vet on their squad that he's been around for since 2013. He, you know, he's known for his speed. You know, he's a pretty good defender, but you got to give it up to wrong, wrong audio. That's Come on. Tell me where it's supposed to be. Oh, here we go. Give it up for Alexander Hamilton. Nope. Oh, it didn't work. What the Billy, hell? Billy Hamilton. <laughs> you got the Hamilton part right. Oh, I know. I was just trying to play it just because oh, I wanted just I wanted uh the Billy fucking Hamilton. We got that right there. Hold oh. on. That was just uh for some reason had uh, I think Luke caused us to have a technical difficulty, but yeah. So Billy Hamilton. Billy fucking Hamilton. There it is. Billy fucking Hamilton. There you go. Billy Hamilton got the call. The White Sox, you know, they need him to play center field. Twins still got some hitters in that lineup. He covers a lot of ground with his speed. 
his team speed or his speed on the base path causes trouble, you know, causes things to get done. And he's been coming in as a, uh, as a late game defensive substitution for Vaughn a lot lately. Like it's been like just a thing, but <laughs> on Wednesday night, Billy got the call and Billy delivered going four for four with a double, a triple, two base hits, an RBI, a stolen base. And this whole series of Minnesota, he's just making plays covering insane amount of ground out there in center field. He made a, a great jumping catch, which kind of uh, theatrically he landed into right underneath where it says the catch from Dwayne Wise's catch. Like it couldn't have been, it was like a bullseye. Um, stole third base, just Billy fucking Hamilton, man. I don't know what else to say about him. He, you're mute. You're not. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I wasn't even talking. I was just lip syncing. Oh yeah. Billy Hamilton, dude. I don't know what else to say. Journeyman outfielder. He, so a topic of conversation that White Sox fans have been kind of daydreaming about during the day when they're not, you know, tearing each other apart, which we're not getting into that, but um, is what does this team look like when Aloy and uh, Luis Robert get back? Billy Hamilton has a spot on this team. I think his speed alone earns him a spot on this team once oh, it's at full once I mean, it's at full strength. I think we know who be number one out. Jake Lamb. Jake Lamb should not be on this team tomorrow. <laughs> And then but, second would probably be Mendick. Unfortunately. Because then your fifth outfielder technically at that point with uh, Eloy and Elise Robert back would technically be Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. So you have Andrew Vaughn and Billy Hamilton I mean, as your I picture, Yeah, I mean, I picture a team in a deep October run where, you know, you bring in, they're like, oh, White Sox are bringing in a pitch hitter and it's Andrew Vaughn. It's like, now that's depth. You know what I'm saying? Like, and also bring in Vaughn as a reliever. I mean, shit. I mean, well, you get to. But I mean, I guess we'll see how the season plays out. Then you can be like, you can have pinch hitter, your main Mercedes, and just be like, right. Whoa. And that's what we did today. Your main Mercedes came in. Uh, Minnesota put in the lefty reliever. Um, instead of having Zach Collins go lefty lefty, they brought in Yerman, and he delivered. RBI base hit, and it was a total Yerman hit where he didn't move his lower body, did all arms, and popped it over the shortstop. They just pop, this just popped up in the chat, and I did see this uh, discussion earlier in the week. I think it might have been like an, over the weekend when Vaughn made that uh, catch in Kansas City, maybe? Or was oh, it against the, the Twins? Yeah, the diving catch was against uh, Kansas City. So, like, when Eloy does come back, you, are you going to put him back and left? Who is your Who's your guy at that point? It, I mean, we got a couple months before we even have to really get like, into let's this. Let's say Vaughn, and, Vaughn just stays how he is, doesn't do anything dumb in left field. He looks, has not. He has not made a single error, and he has not made me nervous one time. He, so, like, you can't. I would mind Eloy back in left field. I have no hesitation at Eloy at DH. That yeah. doesn't bother me at all. I think it bothers him. And then you start thinking, like, if he starts struggling, is it like, uh, is it because he's not in the field? But that's something, whatever. 
But these are good problems for the White Sox to have. I mean, oh, wait. We forgot about uh, your guy. Who? It's Billy Hamilton versus Adam Engel. Who do you want? Whoever's healthy. That's a good point, too. And I honestly, with I'm getting starting to get a little nervous how much they keep pushing his, uh, his recovery uh, back. Rehab, yeah. It was I a know, hamstring, right? Right. And he re hurt himself. And Angle's game is his legs, man. Yeah. So like if, he, if, he, yeah. if he comes back and he's lost a couple steps, unfortunately, we've seen it a bunch of times. And I mean, I've seen it personally, like a friend of mine who was playing D one ball, but if you're known as like the fast dude and then you hurt your legs and you're not the fast dude anymore, it's, it's yeah. not, it's, it's done, dude. Like, like, you've, just, like, the, like without the hitting, like the Sox already have the better version of angle with Hamilton. So right. if he's not healthy, yeah. And I mean, not for nothing, but Lurie Garcia hasn't really impressed me. Like you Larry Garcia, who had more runs in RBIs than Yasmin Grandal before some of these games, I think. Right. But, I mean, these are good. Yeah. I mean, a couple years ago, we were talking about, like, you know, I don't know. Larry Garcia is not a starter. And, I mean, I don't know. It's just. He's, I mean, a, I, I, he's a nice bench guy to have, though. I mean, that's not a terrible bench guy to have. No, not at all. Not at all. He's actually you a, have great, he's a great bench guy. But I'm just saying, once this roster starts getting very yeah, like crowded. Yeah, like have a full, like, healthy like roster. Like Aloy, Robert, and you're not, you're not moving Vaughn. You're not moving Yerman. So now you yeah. got to start talking about Lurie and, I mean. And I don't, Hamilton. And, Barry Hamilton and Angle. And, yeah. You know, and someone's like, I, I was on a. Lockdown Baltimore podcast this week talking about a trade for Santander or San. Sorry, it's San. San yes, but yeah, I was talking about Santander. Um, you know, as someone, and the time now is for the White Sox to get aggressive. Like Lucas Giolito's contract, all this shit's going on. If you don't think Robert's coming back till late September, maybe October, then yes, you go and you trade for a Santander. And yeah, I mean. Adam Eaton, he's been good this year. You know, well, he started out good. He's he's kind of been cheeks lately, but uh, he's not getting any younger. And a guy like Santander is uh, why am I echoing? Holy, well, that was I mean that's not that was like perfect timing though. <laughs> um, but um, but that sounded amazing. I mean. Eaton's having a – he can't hit lefties. Holy and, shit, Adam – wait. <laughs> what? Adam Eaton, I know he started out, but he has – he's hitting 215 with a 664 OPS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. That is Cubs level bad. Mm. Yeah, dude. Like, he started out really hot. I mean, he's still – obviously, you can't take RBIs away from him. He's got 20 RBIs still. Right. But, like – yeah, he, he needs the platoon, exactly. Like our friend of our show, Alex, in the comments here, he needs the platoon very badly because facing left-handed hitters is tanking his shit right now. Mm-hmm. And he needs the platoon. He's not – he's one of those guys that he's on the back nine of the career, I think, and I don't think he's here for a long time. I think he's here for a good time. <laughs> and, I mean, with his playoff experience and, you know, his, he's been proven to be – come up clutch in big situations in the playoffs. We saw with his run with the Nationals. 
I mean, I want him on a playoff roster, but. And I mean, he's already yeah. dealing with, uh, I mean, he missed that one game in Cincinnati. So like little things are starting to pop up with, uh, I think it was a back or something. Or something was wrong with him. Ooh, that's a spicy meatball. So breaking moves. Oh, no. Uh, the Royals I get scared. No, the, no, this is fine. I'm breaking. I'm happy. Uh, the Royals just announced Brad Keller starting game one against the Sox, and Jacob oh Jun- Junis is starting game two. Dude, Brad Keller, he can't ever play. Brad Keller he on the south side. The uh, Brad Keller, and it's on the south side though. So now you have the entire ballpark. Everyone on all the homies hate Brad Keller. It's that meme. <laughs> I hate Brad Keller. All the homies hate Brad Keller. Fuck Brad Keller. And now he has you know to come the, to the south side. Yeah. You know the weird thing is? I didn't realize that he is actually like Look really good this. against Tim Anderson. He just yep. sucks against everybody else. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Adam Eaton. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the show on Friday, Adam Eaton has a WRC plus of 117 versus right handed pitchers and a WRC plus of one. <laughs> not a typo. One versus left hand pitchers. That's that courtesy of a good friend of our show, my buddy Alex. Uh, fact checker for Pinwheels and Ivy, but yeah, that's <laughs> and yeah. So now the Billy Hamilton fanboys are out here, which is good because right now ride your ride high, boy. Because Billy Hamilton, I want Billy Hamilton on a playoff roster, and that's the problem now. I can sit here and be like, I want this guy on the playoff roster. I want this guy like Larry Garcia. I'm good on a full roster back. I'm not getting mad. Um. So, I mean, do you feel like, I mean, are the lambs kind of walking into a slaughter here? Is this, is this really, is this, Dude, is it, I will, or is this a trap series where I've said this on the show good and you get all pumped up. Oh, and I then, thought you were talking about Jake lamb. I was going to say, I will pick Jake. <laughs> I will pick Jake lamb up and take him to oh, where oh, no, I just, thought you were making that analogy too. Yeah. I was, well, I was just saying that, that, cause I mean, you got to feel like every time the Royals walk in, they're just going to be like, Clown! You're, you're, you're fucked. You're gonna die, clown. It's gonna be die, clown. Every time you walk in. Sorry, I'm laughing because I just sorted the White Sox stats by batting average, and Dylan Cease is number one. That'll, that'll <laughs> never <laughs> that that'll, change anytime soon. That'll never not be funny. But I mean, you, Mercedes is still hitting 376. TA's hitting 308. Madrigal's hitting 295. Like, and this team is just doing it in a different way than well. We expect you know, it is too. The guy that you know a lot of people like to shit on, but it helps out when you get on base. He's Manny Grandal, just walking, walking, and then he hit a couple home runs this week, right? What's his OBP at? Uh, I'm, I got it sorted by average, so I can just go to the bottom. There we go, three eighty four OBP. Solid. Yeah, <laughs> with a seven one seven OPS, no, and then yeah. now all of a sudden you start sprinkling in some. Because his home runs were absolute fucking piss missiles. He's been hitting the ball on the ground. That's the problem. He's been hitting right. the ball on the ground. And once he's now, once he gets that launch angle, gets that ball in the air, that hard hit ball is going to start going gap to gap, yep. start leaving mm-hmm. the yard. It's going. It's totally different. He is starting to figure out. His he's thing. so slow. <laughs> well, yeah, he's one. Well, I mean, what is he? Well, like, that's right? the thing. It's, it's like, like yes. it's, we, we talked about it's it earlier. Moonwalks. And it's like Vaughn too. Like Vaughn wasn't like you know he didn't have any like a lot of slugging like the first like month and a half. But like, what was he doing? Getting on base via the walk. Because he so, gets on base. Why do we like him? Because <laughs> he gets on base. That's the new Jordan's, favorite. Jordan. Yeah. I mean, that that is really a thing where, like. Oh, 100%. Yes. Like, that fucking matters. Because, like, and that was a big thing with, with the White Sox. Even when they were good, 
Mm-hmm. Like I forget, I think it was Josh Nelson who like kept tracking. It. it was like the White Sox for a long time were like always like bottom of the league and on base percentage. Why? Because you didn't have guys who walked. Like yeah, mm-hmm. you you love the home runs and you love the hitting, but like it doesn't matter if you don't have guys who get on base. Sox have that. Yes, and that's what's going on right now. And the team speed is also making a big difference because you're seeing guys take extra bases. You're seeing guys make teams like force themselves into errors. Dare I, say, yeah. dare I say you're also seeing a little bit of small ball? Oh, from- no. Well, yeah, it's 100% small ball. I already said they're dead la- or they're at the shit bottom of the league when it comes to home runs. No, but I mean, not only just small ball, just in that, that sense, but I'm talking more. I know you're trying to give LaRusa credit, but. No, no, no. I'm saying like aggressive <laughs> on the base pass. I mean, you're seeing guys trying to steal yes. third time. You're seeing guys. I mean, that you're seeing a team that aggressively is trying to take the extra bag. That's, yes. That is, a, that, is, that is a small ball mentality as well, but that's a, that's a, it's in a, in a game where stolen bases are considered to be more of a, of a unnecessary risk. Mm-hmm. You're seeing them say, fuck it. Same, Cubs are doing the same thing, obviously, but. But even stretching hits, like we saw. I saw Nick Madrigal. I didn't think like I was, he hit the ball and I kind of like went to grab my drink or do something else. Cause I thought it was just like, Oh, that's a single. And then all of a sudden it's like, and Nick pops up at second. I was like, Holy shit. And it was a close play at second too. And I, then I took a deep breath and said, thank God you weren't called out. Cause then I would have, <laughs> my mentions would have exploded again. But, yeah. um, but they're taking the extra base. Tim Anderson's been on a tear too. We haven't even brought him up because now it's just one of those things. And, uh, they were talking about it. I listened to the second half of the game today on the radio. I've been trying to switch it up a little bit more because uh, they do such a good job. White Sox are such spoil with such great announcers. But they were talking about how like Tim Anderson is just now just a well-rounded, just all-star caliber baseball player. I mean, he's doing it in the field. He's His fielding has gotten abundantly better. He's doing great things at the – leadoff position you can tell he's still the guy that this team looks for like as he goes they go type deal just like jose abreu to your point earlier although and it's a good time to be a white Sox fan man i mean yes we're sitting here on may 14th and i said 14th because this comes out on friday may 14th and there's a lot of baseball like we're just starting summer but and this so, team, this team is good, man. This team is good. And do you think some of it has to do with the job that their hitting coach um, has and the approach that he's a plus segue fiddler? That was an A plus segue. Um, yeah, no. And this was before Andrew Vaughn hit his home run. Uh, big Frankie, the hitting coach. Hey, Frankie, what are you doing, Frankie? He. Uh, <clears throat> It was a weird press conference. I haven't. Even, I don't think I've ever seen him at the mic like that. So that alone was weird to me. And the question came up about, you know, when do you think Andrew Vaughn's going to go long? And he's like, I told, do you have the audio? Okay, go ahead and roll that. All right. This is, uh, I, I forgot you got a fancy new soundboard and all this good stuff. See, this is where your money goes when you buy shirts, people. And if he goes into that. Hold on, we'll start again. Yep. Work on hitting 300, and if he goes into that where he's going to look to hit 300, everybody wants to see the home run. Everybody wants to see Madrigal hit a home run. I don't want to get excited, but the home run. Let's hit 300. And 
as soon as that came out, I think we all jumped in the chat right away and everyone, we we're just like, I totally agree. Um, that's the mentality you're kind of seeing with this team right now. And that's why they, I think they have the best record in baseball. Um, you're seeing guys walk a little bit more, but you're also seeing guys base hits, doubles, moving the runner, hitting behind the batter, just playing good fundamental baseball. And yes, for everyone listening right now, that's like seeing me tiptoe around it or whatever. Yes. Some of this has to do with their manager. You have to give credit where credit's due. Tony had a rough start, but he looks like he's finding his leg. He's been working that bullpen masterfully last couple games. And it's just, it's starting, <laughs> it's starting to show, man. I'm sorry. I don't want to shit on, uh, obviously, the MLB hitting coach who is like has one of the best offenses in the entire league. But yes. also, you know, baseballs are nice or home runs are nice. Mm-hmm. I saw this. Somebody replied to that. Somebody tweeted out his quote, and they're like, "White Sox when they hit a home run, they're eleven and three. When they don't hit a home run, they're three and ten." Right. So- and well, <laughs> I also though take it is he's not saying he doesn't like home runs. Right. I just, he doesn't no, want I them going up there. Focusing on thinking, the home run. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially now where it's pretty obvious the bouncy balls have been taken out of the baseball, which is bullshit. But yeah, Frank Mancino though is the same guy that Ozuna, Stanton, Yelich, all these guys when they were kids in Miami, they're all from his coaching tree. And yeah, I mean, obviously the White Sox love home runs. Home runs are uh, dope, but like, I think it's more he just wants these people to focus a little bit more and it, it's work. Andrew Vaughn's hitting bullets before he hit his home run. He was hitting rockets off his bat. Mm-hmm. And then this one finally just got enough air underneath it to get go in the fifth row. He's you got could, such yeah. a great controlled violent swing. Like the home run last night when he hit that ball, I mean, you have to think about how, I mean, obviously those people that were obviously there um, probably heard it and saw it a little bit clearer what happens when a guy like that hits a baseball, it probably starts at 10, 15 feet high. And then as it gets a little further and it, as it continues to get that, that movement and that back, it just, it just keeps going. And it has mm-hmm. that continued line where it, like some dudes hit line drives that kind of come up and then they come down. His just keep going. And when they land, it's almost like when you see like a bottle rocket, and you, you know, and then it, it comes down finally, but he gets so much into that. And that ball, I mean, it's it's the controlled violence. So he has back control with what he does. It's not like he's a, a swing and miss guy. He he actually sees the ball, which is with that strength and his skill set, it's right. just dangerous. He's going to be so good. I just, uh, yeah, I agree. He might, he might, again, we compared him to Pete Alonzo. That's oh, just, yeah. to me, that's a four. Right. No, I agree. And I, you're starting to see it more and more. And I just, I was going to tweet some about it, but then I, I held myself back. But like all these people, oh, he's only played high A ball. Yeah, I don't think he, people that know baseball told you he'd be okay. Maybe it's time to stop listening to, I mean, you know, thank, thank God. I mean, not thank God, but. Right. No, I get um, what you're no, no, I'm saying, uh, Unfortunately, it took a few injuries for the manager to play him every day. But yeah, right. Well, I know, and but that goes, and I don't want to go down well, this road again because we've we've kind of talked about it 
You know what? Let's talk about given, given a rookie playing time. It wasn't a forced thing anyway, though. To say that, I don't think that there was a plan for Vaughn, even if nobody got hurt, to play him every day. I just don't think that there was. I think that there was. I think that they had come up with a plan preseason saying we're going to stick to this. You know, things have happened and they've done their best in the midst of a shortage of players to still find ways to I mean, give him that space. in circles, but you've all been saying that, like, Andrew Vaughn's, like, fucking incredible hitter. If he's an incredible hitter, which he has shown to be, mm-hmm. uh, he should by be playing human. a lot more often. But human, although. So, also still younger. Again, it doesn't, I mean, again, when your best prospects come up, you should play. Um, like, every Jake Lamb shouldn't have not have been starting over him. Here we go. So. You're riding hmm. on your like uh you're riding high right now. I love it. Right. Socks are on fire, even with like two big injuries. Can't really complain about anything, but are you at all worried about Liam Hendricks? No, he had a great, great day today. He came okay. in and got a five out save against the twins. Okay. Um and if you look at the game on Wednesday night, um I mean he struck out the side after giving up I don't know. It just it was just like a running yeah. thing. It was like a yeah. walk single. It was, but I was curious to see how he would bounce back, and he came back in a big way on Thursday with the five out in a very high pressure situation. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and you got a little love from the shadows, which Frank and Bacon talked about after the game, but. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean the slide, just the the eighty nine mile an hour slider, back foot slider that he threw that literally end the game was a thing of beauty. Like that's that's the Hendricks that they signed and paid all that money for. So um, now I'm not too worried about him. I was very, 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 very happy to see my cousin Lance Lynn uh, <laughs> have it. This was his like bounce back game from the injury on Thursday. Uh, especially when he got out of the bases loaded situation, he turned around and gave like the fuck yeah fist pump. Like that was like a big deal there. Um, Dylan Cease is looking really good. You know what guys though? The thing that the one negative thing I take out of the series versus the twins, he didn't do terrible, but I think Dale, I don't think Dallas Keiko is a hundred percent. I know I've been beating this drum. I just don't think he's a hundred percent. He looked I great. I think he's at the point where uh, I think you're either going to get like really good, like when he was in Cincinnati mm-hmm. uh, last week, when he was on his game, he had like all these yep. ground ball outs. Yep. Uh, and then you're going to have days where he gives up five, six runs. Like I don't think, mm-hmm. like there's definitely no. What What did he finish like in Cy Young last year? Like six place or something? Like yeah, that's, that's not. You're not getting that production anymore. Uh, but hey, not bad for your fifth starter. <laughs> Which right. I mean, right now he's like your fifth best starter. Fantastic to have a fifth. Maybe starter. your sixth best behind uh, Kopic. Kopic, who's <laughs> pitching on Friday. So Friday for the doubleheader, the White Sox got Kopic and Giolito going. Giolito hasn't been the Lucas Giolito we all expected either. And I can't wait to see him flip around. That's the absolute. And I'm gonna we'll flip over to the Cubs in a minute. But like that's the absolute craziest thing about what's going on with this White Sox team right now. They're minus Aloy Jimenez, minus Luis Robert. Lucas Giolito, by his standards, is struggling. Dallas Keuchel is not 100%. Adam Eaton is not 100%. And they have the best record in baseball. You're talking about a team that's figured out the mentality of next man up. Yes. Really well. And teams that do that can – this is – I mean, 
I mean, it's not the White Sox didn't just lose one. I mean, they lost two major run producers who were expected to have all-star caliber seasons. You lost arguably 80 home runs right there. And they're still the best <laughs> offensive team right now in baseball, like regardless. And this is, you know, I don't it's know. Healthy. Again, A, people can say what's this and this. It is nice to have at least a sleepy or steady hand in the clubhouse. I'm not sure which one works, but you have somebody that's at least either sleepy enough or steady enough in the clubhouse that none of this became a panic early on. None of the outside fuzz. Because obviously right now, other than attacking each other, White Sox Twitter has been very good and very positive the last couple of days because winning does cure it all. He's oh, you know 100%. having a steady hand in that clubhouse that's been just whether he's taking a nap in, in his office and just letting it be, oh, or whether he is you know going out there and putting his arm around somebody, finding the right people and pushing the right buttons. Whatever it is, th- this is an unprecedented and incredible job by the White Sox as an entire unit and as a as a ball club mm-hmm. to weather this storm the way that they have and to be as successful as they have in all of this because it wasn't just injuries it was there was some toxicity it was negative there was people they weren't as good as they want you know they were expected to be right out of the gate they weren't playing their mm-hmm. best all of that stuff just was just outside noise and it looks like from at least you know our vantage point that none of that shit leaked like leaked in um it it, le- it never never got in it never it never cracked into it never got into the facade you had somebody that might have talked to jeff Passan that was upset like a week ago who knows? And we still don't know who that was. It could have right. been the fucking locker room attendant. It could have been, could have been the dude changing out the underwear, right? It he could never have been, said it was a player. Right. And so it, 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 in the end, so far, so good. Everything has been done in the midst of struggle. And then now as you know, now that they've gone through the struggle, it's been done really well by everybody across the board. You have to, you have to tip your cap to the entire locker room from top to bottom. Except for the one person maybe that's talking, but even all the way right. down to the, you know, the, the luggage guy to make sure everyone has their proper equipment. Everybody's nobody skipped a beat. My That's huge and yes, and Alex says it too. Good scheduling. We knew that oh, though. Yeah. But, but my biggest thing, what I was nervous about with Tony outside of you know knowing the rules, that one's never going to go away. But was it seemed early on in the first, I don't know, call it thirty games, he was too much rope with pitchers. He was leaving guys in too long. He just he didn't it didn't seem like he had a good feel for the staff and some of that comes on Katz's shoulders too. This isn't all on Tony, you know. Those are Katz's guys. He's got to lean over to the boss and say, "Yo, you gotta you go get him," like he's done. But the last two series, we're seeing guys go out face the minimum, and Tony's out there. Boom, you're done. And he wasn't doing that before, and I was nervous that the seventy plus year old man, seventy year old white dudes aren't really known for their ability to go with the flow and change on the fly. Well, and that's like have flow. It's yeah. Just right. That's in there. Oops. I crap my pants, but that's so a lot of dung to see him, to see him kind of adjust has been a very welcome sight for me. Uh, most of the bullpen has been really good. Uh, Ruiz had a really shitty outing on Thursday, but for the most part, he's been a great surprise. Uh, Foster's been okay. Uh, Hugh, Hugh. Has, Hugh's been good. Night. Yep, Crochet's been looking good. Uh, Evan Marshall, I don't know, Evan Marshall had a rough series. He's the only one that really had a rough series, but he's been looking pretty good. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this on the show too. When you start a season, usually, I mean, almost 100% of the time, the bullpen that you start the season with is never the bullpen you're going to end the season with. And that's because trial and error, you throw guys into situations and you, you you play what looks like it should have been the move, but after a month, 
I think Tony LaRusso is starting to figure out who he can trust in certain situations. Today, like with Ruiz, today was Ruiz's first high leverage situation. Now, would one say that he threw well in that high leverage situation? There might be some question mark. He gave up a bomb, right? Um, so one? you have someone that, you know, you, you, you go out there, you push the buttons. It, uh, that one didn't work. That one didn't work. No to mm -hmm. self, no to self. And then when you get finally to this point where you feel like you've got a good grasp, you're seeing now what a guy with the experience that Tony LaRusso has, what happens when he knows his staff now? He's not a he's now he's figuring it out. Like he's he's adjusting, he's adapting, but he's also knowing now, hey, this this dude kind of shits the bed a little bit, or this guy has great numbers in this situation. He's gonna make these adjustments based on that too. And I think that you're seeing him and Kat get on the same page yep. as two new coworkers as well. Because again, sometimes coaches take a while to mesh in the heat of battle. You can be great in practice, but how you mesh That's with another fair. coach and another coaching staff in the middle of a game. It's That's a totally right. different thing, and you can't simulate that until game one. Not spring training, not because it's all different and loose. The minute you get into a real game that matters, the coaching staff dynamic also has to meld into something, and sometimes that takes time as well. Like I should have spoke up. Next time, speak up in this situation. I'd like you to speak up. That's this is the time that I want, but this is another time where I want you to go stand over there for me. He's got to tell his guys to be where they need to be as well. He's got to coach his own coaching staff to place them where he needs their eyes, and I think that that's another thing that's happening is. They're getting to their spots. They're learning where to start focusing their attention as a staff, and they're starting to see the ways to push the buttons as well. And so make no mistake about it. Menachino's job, I think, is being is right now. Katz was great early on. I think Menachino's job has been fantastic with this offense now because he has found what looks like what would be as close to as balanced an offense in the modern game as you possibly can get right now. Mm -hmm. but that's, that's, again, the coaching staff starting to just know how Menachino's knowing how to talk to his players now, the guys he's working with. He's figuring out that communication as well. And I love it. It's just that this is what teams that go on extended magical seasons do. They mesh and they're starting, you're starting to see it. It looks easy, doesn't it? It looks easy watching some of these games. You're like, when was the last, what? It's been like, what, three, four games since the last time there was even a stressful ball game. They're just hitting, it's just happening. And it feels good. It feels like at sooner or later, this team will find a way to win a ball game. That's right. what it feels like to me, at least. Wednesday got weird. Feels that way for Sox fans, but I, as an observer, I'm like, sooner or later, this is going to turn. Right. Wednesday got weird. Wednesday was a uh, got way closer than I thought it should have. But other than that, yes. Um, that was pitching with the lead. That was actually seeing a guy that was walking some dudes too. Right. When, he came in. when you when you pitch with the lead, pepper the zone, put it on a tee, see what happens. So and that was what they didn't do. That made like it I, yeah, and like I said, White Sox got. Four against Kansas City, three against Minnesota. Just fucking pile drive this fucking division. I'm dead. I'm so, I'm pumped. Really pumped, but I'm also like super focused right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you can tell the White Sox are too. But like, I just feel like, oh my god. When winning becomes commonplace, the stress of an individual game, inning, and pitch by pitch becomes a lot less mm -hmm. anxiety. You're gonna start feeling that winning mentality as a fan base. Win five of seven in these five of seven in a stretch, and then go play the Yankees because that's what's, we're going to see Garrett Cole, Dylan Cease, and I'm actually really pumped for that matchup. You're going to see some uh, bombs in that series too. That's oh, going to be a blast. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's a p potential playoff series. Yep. Nick uh, Madrid is going to hit his first home run. At I can't wait. Thank you. Yes, thank you. He blew his Down chance. In, he blew his chance in Boston. I thought it was going to happen in Boston. They don't play in LA this year, do they? The Dodgers? Yeah. They don't play the Dodgers in LA, do they? At all? I don't think so. I was gonna so. say because that'd also be a little that little three oh five to left right. field is like that's a duck. Or do fart. they play in Houston? Maybe he can like yep. a little pull a ball to Houston. Mm -hmm. 
I um, yeah. If Madrigal's first home runs off Garrett Cole, you're just saving it. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but I've been so for those of you that are on Twitter before we switch over to Cubs, uh, I've been doing these White Sox Twitter spaces with uh, good friends of the shows, Mister Delicious from the 108, aka Beef Loaf. And uh, Josh Nelson from Sox Machine, you know, we shoot the shit about what's going on with the White Sox and just thoughts on the current game. And it gets sometimes a little random, but I think it's it's a lot of fun. And we always do our picks click. And on uh, Wednesday night, you know, I tweeted out and was saying um, I thought Andrew Vaughn was going to hit a home run. Barstool did a boost on it. Everybody bet it. Andrew Vaughn hit a home run. And, you know, it was good times had by all. On Thursday, I said Tim Anderson's my pick to click. First pitch of the game, he goes long. I told everyone about two plus hits. He had two plus hits. Uh, so I'm riding a little bit of a heater here, but I need to make sure that I use this power for good. I can't just be sitting there all day, all willy nilly, saying Magical is going to hit a home run. But I, I, our, our chat just got a lot sexier, by the way. I see who's in there. We're, yep. I'm oh, yeah. mention, uh, it's like saying Voldemort, the minute you say the name, the sexy just it's just too much too sexy it's too sexy sir. but it's a lot of fun if you guys if you're on twitter uh join us on the twitter spaces uh you know even if i can't make it you should definitely go there um yeah it's, it's been weird i'm actually scaring myself when tim anderson hit, took the first ball deep i was like whoa <laughs> this is getting real. This, this you should hear him in the chat he's like i think it's gonna rain tomorrow sun's out and it rains and then it's, it's, it's getting kind of scary. Hopefully I can like go buy a lottery ticket or some shit and actually use this for good. But mm. for now with great responsibility comes great right. um, cash flow. So take it. Yeah. Wait, so that, before not, we go, I don't think they said that on Spider-Man. Never mind. Before we move over to the cubes cubs, um, go buy a shirt, go buy a mug, go buy a shirt, go buy a mug and a shirt. Buy, buy a mug shirt. Yeah. Buy two shirts. Buy two shirts. Buy, buy, a hoodie. Buy, a, buy a ringer tee. Buy a hoodie. Buy a kid buy a onesie. Baby. baby onesie. Yeah, buy a kid a onesie. And again, the proceeds from that, you know, we do it through our good friend Al Wiz um, or Snark Burley. But uh, this is – I'll get to – I'll address this in just a moment after I get done talking about our T-shirts. But make sure that uh, you go and buy a shirt. The money's going to go right back into the show. Um, Guys, I have no kids to feed. Please, you need to help us out. Buy some stuff. Yeah, we want to get better um, mics. We want to get soundboards. We want to get, you know, we want to start making videos. We want to start doing all this stuff. Raiders but, tickets against the Bears have gone up. They're really expensive. So. Need more money to bet on those pick to clicks. You guys are saying mm-hmm. the quiet part out loud. This rash uh, <laughs> isn't going to hear it. Help, okay? You guys so. are saying the quiet part out loud. And yes, for for those of you viewing on Thursday night, I am enjoying some delicious Bud Lights. They are from the Bush Light family at Anheuser Busch. But I hosted a Mom's Day party on Sunday, and uh, everybody brought booze. And so this is it's clean out the fridge time. So that's always you that's when you really. I mean, I I actually have a Bush. I have one Bush Light in the fridge right now. You have a Bush coming. Oh. <laughs> I got a main the fridge real quick. We've got Bush. There. Um, it's there. I don't know. That, show, that, that movie would never go over today. That we do it? No, oh, there's so many movies that want to go over today. That movie, um, forget about it. Oof. Should we? What? Should we do a Patron? Patreon? What? What is this? Patron? Is that if a shot? You do a Patreon? I got a shot. I mean, I got. Oh, no. although Speaking don't we? Of, don't we, we have, have one of those? 
technically, if you go on our anchor page, you can donate every month. Hey, it's in our uh, it's in our bio on our Twitter. Let page. me fucking God. you guys could totally buy yeah. us beers and we'll Treat start charging for our tweets next. We love and <laughs> just we're joking around, but like seriously, the money will help. But we're not, I do want to take this time though. We have the best audience that shows up here every Thursday night. If you're listening yeah. to the show on Friday, it is worth your time to join us live on Thursday night just to get involved with our chat. They know their shit, they're funny, and they keep us on our toes. We couldn't have asked for a better chat. And hopefully, you know, as we grow, you know, they'll get a little bit more recognition. And also, I know Fids is coming into town. June. I will be at the game June 4th. June so 4th. It's a Friday game against the Tigers. I think so I hopefully we can see some people. Hallelujah. We're passing. All right. All those going to tweet around the collection plate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw, throw some shit in there. Um, but while he's doing that, since the last time we talked, the Cubs are playing good baseball. Oh, here. I'm going to do a quick distance to the White Sox for their oh, sweep. Cheers. Sweeps. Uh, Mr. Hand. Plural. plural. Mr. Hand, plural. by the way. Hold on. Hold on. It's plural. It's sweeps. Sweep. That's true. Plural. Multiple. And by the way, this is a shot too for my guy, Mr. Hand. If you guys, I'm going to do it. I didn't plug last week. I'm going to do a shameless plug real quick yep, too, guys. Go ahead. If you get a chance to check us out on uh, as well on Twitter, me and Aloha Mr. Hand have started doing a new podcast called uh, The Tainted Glove. And it's uh, it's it's not it's much baseball is more or less it's kind of just a jack of all trades kind of show. So we talk sports, but we talk movies, film, you know, music, television, politics. Sometimes doubt, doubtful politics, mostly. But we we don't talk it's about a, physical fitness very often. Uh, food, we'll talk about a lot. But um, it's anyway. a different speed from this show. While Kevin takes a shot, I'll give you my outsider because of course I support the homies. But um, it's a different speed from this show. But it's two really good dudes talking about just topics that are interesting and like it's a good show to put on while you're doing something it's a life podcast it's an actually that's a good way to put it and it's a good podcast to put on like while you're doing something you know what i'm saying like you're cutting the lawn or you're just doing what you are throw it on in your headphones they talk about all types of shit it's very entertaining and yeah check them out go ahead tell them one more time and you get it's called the tainted glove but on twitter it's just tainted glove but uh, you can hop on uh and anchor to uh Spotify, iTunes, everything. Again, if you can hop on there and give us a review and, and a like or whatever too, that always helps. But it right actually, you do that really good. Show. We've had some really good. Like, I mean, we're past. I mean, our first week, we 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 jumped at sixty-seven listens just in our first, like our little, our two-hour-long first episode. But that was fun. But mm-hmm. I really want to push this. Is it's finally an opportunity for members of the White Sox family to get an extended conversation with Mister Hand, who mm-hmm. does a post-game shot all the time, and he does do you know, but those are in bunches. And they're more specific to the game flow. So to get Mr. Hand kind of sitting out and talking, my man Pete is a is is a wise old dude. Well, not old. Uh, he's that old. He's that old. He's that old. Um. So you know, it's about you know, it is. You're kind of like peeping in on two old dudes just having conversations, and we're not going to yell. We're not old dudes yelling at the clouds. We're just talking about stuff that everybody probably you know, if you were having a beer with us, you know, that's what I would recommend. Grab a beer or do some work around the house. Throw it on and and listen to yeah. And Pete still hasn't told the story about why he is the man of questionable character. So we have that. Um, but yeah. uh, we have some really good stuff to talk about this week since the Raiders are playing and the Bears Bears are coming to Vegas for the Raiders and he has season um, tickets. So. 
Yep. So make sure you check them out. Show them some love. And then just as a reminder, we're all about the, the community here. So after our show ends tonight on Thursday night for you watching us live, 7 p.m., you got the Sox Machine. And 8.30, you got our uncles over at the 108. So Thursday night is a very good night for White Sox podcast. It's like back in the day. It's not even just friends and yeah. then like Will and Grace. It's not even just White Sox. It's, it's good baseball talk across the board. I know we're technically the only show that does – Sox and Cubs out of those shows, but like it's just good baseball talk. If you like baseball talk, and also I want to address something really quickly, and I'm not going to give names or do anything like that. And competition usually breeds, Excellent. you know, excellence. But seems like there's some uh, couple of Cubs and White Sox podcasts popping up, doing the double idea. We are not the well, we are the OGs when it comes to this. 100% the OGs Absolutely. on that. By the way, just tweeted out the support link where you can donate. Yep. The collection plate has been tweeted. Father's always, <laughs> I got the belt. You better put something in there, boy. I'm just kidding. Do what and you by can. the way, by the yeah, way, shout out. I feel like, to, I feel like that people now see like you standing there next to the link with your arms crossed and your sunglasses on and not a single like facial expression other than put the money in the basket with the lotion. By the way, whoever becomes our next supporter won't be our first because we have had one other. I have no clue who this is, but shout out to Joseph Sickles. Zoe's giving you the ocular pat-down. If you're watching this on video, we're all getting ocular pat-downs right now. It's happening at this moment. Money. Ocular pat-down. Joseph Sickles, a three-month supporter to our uh, Anchor account. That's amazing. Thank you, Joseph. That's a great place to buy us some beers, guys. You You can totally say, hey, Here's five bucks. Go buy a you know a case of of um you know go buy forty eight bush lights. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a couple other often imitated, never duplicated pinwheels and ivy podcast. As one would say about that. Now I encourage everybody to get out there, do your things. Uh, be welcome on the show. Yeah, obviously I'm not going to plug their show, but I just I thought that was interesting when I saw some of these names popping up, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what they do. You're playing like the OG. You're playing the old, these young little whippersnappers with their new concept that's similar to ours. And now I'm going to show you that I'm the big daddy here on White Sox Damn Twitter. Straight. I love sometimes, it. Oh, sometimes I love you got to smack a puppy on a nose. I love puff chest, though, personally. I love puff chest. Though. Sometimes you got to smack a puppy on a nose. But breaking news, we have our second donator. What hey. Wait a second. I feel like, I mean, I am the reverend, so you guys are basically tithing. I think it might be even a tax write-off if, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we, we could totally angle this as a church. We have a father and a reverend. We it's, could not totally... a, it's not a clever. I'm, I'm an ordained minister. I mean, I got the card. Yeah. He, he's got I do the weddings. Card. I just don't like to do funerals. So let's get to the Cubs here. Cubs have been playing some pretty good baseball. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the record isn't reflecting on the gameplay uh, since we last convened, they are, uh, they went two and three taking two out of three from Pittsburgh and then losing both to Cleveland. You fucking assholes. Sorry. I'm salty about that. And yeah, the, the extra innings played by the Cubs. I don't know if they were watching too many Sox games or what, but that extra innings game against Cleveland was a little bit brutal, but breaking news, third supporter. Hey, dude, guys, we were completely fucking around, but we totally appreciate this. Thank we you guys really. so much. We really actually, we some broke bitches. Um, <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you this right now. I, we'll, we'll, we'll one up this right now. I'm going to tweet it too. 
you, if you want to go ahead and donate, you can donate and tell us the drink, beer, or cocktail that you want us to drink that you're buying for us. No Malort. I'm not drinking Malort. I'll just say that right well, now. Well, you'd I'm have to send it to Zoe would have to, you know, there should be a Malort fund to send a uh, Malort to me and Aldo here on the uh, West Coast. Okay, now we have a fourth. So shout out to Alex, Joseph, Thomas, and Nathan. Hey. Oh, wow. That's like Fucking a road man. It's excellent. No, it's seriously, I, in all seriousness, for like, that means a lot. It does. Like a lot. So thank you. Um, but yeah, the. Oh, Yumper's uh, getting some tequilas out. I don't mind tequila. The only problem is this finger and this finger were broken last time I drank tequila. So. <laughs> so watch valid. out. You're it's, saying watch no, out. No, no. It's been, it's been like 15 years, dude. And there's, <laughs> there's a reason why I don't. I'm a, I'm a beer, bourbon, and whiskey guys, but. We really appreciate it, guys. Dude, don't worry about the size, shape. Just the fact that you're – give a dollar, give 50 cents, give whatever. Don't worry about the size or shape. Of the, just it helps out a lot. And hopefully we can put it back into the show and give you guys better quality content. Maybe I can get a green screen so you don't have to stare. Oh, that would take away the makeup table, though. Yeah, that would take – I don't we know. Would, I would angle. No, I would angle. The Photoshop, no, no, no. the makeup yeah. table all by itself into the background. Yeah. At a waterfall on a mm-hmm. tropical island, the makeup table we can still place there and it'll just still be on that tropical island. So that's true. We can take the makeup table international. I will never not fight a nun. I will fight a nun. Um, did, did you fight a nun? I don't know, but that's what I'm saying. The tequila went to. So talk to me, fellas. I'm looking at the cup stats right now 21st in the league in batting average. That's not great. 14th in the league in runs, 16th in home runs, 21st in ERA, 23rd in home runs allowed, 26th in whip. Well, here's the here's the offensive set I was talking you, about. Way, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In the intro. So the Cubs had that like those two weeks when they were just like all of a sudden they became the best offensive baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Brad Robinson tweeted it out, but – so far, the Cubs have scored, I think it's about like 164 runs or so, or 160. Okay. 40% of the, those runs came in five games. <laughs> the other 60% of those runs have come in like the other 31. So that's not great. <laughs> Again, Almost that half their production are, came in just in a go. week. That's actually insane. <laughs> if you really think about that, like that's nuts, dude. 60, I think it's 64 of 160 runs came in a five-game stretch. Not That's not a recipe to, uh, for winning, uh, <laughs> as we've seen since they're 17-19. And honestly, I mean, they, nice to beat the Pirates. Uh, but that, I think it's been like their only series. Oh, no, that's not true. They did sweep no, the Dodgers. Which was wild. Which was uh, hilarious. But the Dodgers have been on a shit streak for yeah. a while now. But man, it's just, I mean, and then uh, KB has the sinus. Okay. So I, let me, yeah, we'll go ahead and drop this right now, real quick. Uh, we can give an update because I mean, there's not much of an update from, from Cubs Twitter, but yeah. Hold on, on, before you do it, before you do it, hold on, time out, time out, time out, time out. Because this worked last time. Before he does this, although, do a super vague tweet about it. And then everybody who watches this normally, look in the right hand corner where it says the number of people viewing. Watch it jump. Is yours in the right hand corner? Mine's in the left. Or left hand. Well, I'm looking at the screen. Or point, yes, point to your right. Point to your right. Exactly. But look in the corner. Watch this this number jump. Because last time we had KB News, I was sitting here. Over there. And Fiddler's doing his 
his uh his spiel about KB and I look over in the corner and it jumps from like twenty to like two hundred and fifty. I was like, Ooh. Um, imagine what would happen if you told him that I was gonna sing a solo from I, I don't know if we could have negative. <laughs> uh, they did leave uh, immediately right. after though, yeah. There's a full disclaimer right. as soon as I was done. Although are like, you re- are you retweeting yeah. it from the mothership? All right, yeah, I'm gonna wait right for, I'm gonna wait for this All retweet. Right. Right, but ahead, uh, and also in this all right kevin you're on so let's bring in or now let's get to chris bryant uh fiddler has uh an update um as you know we've tend to nail any and all chris bryant news on the show i wonder why but um we got a little bit of an update and go ahead fizz what's going on with chris bryant left the game because of well it depends who you follow on twitter but why don't you tell people why he left the game, what's going on with him, and what's the timetable look like? Okay, so we got a couple things here. We got we got what's going on. What happened? Uh, um, was it Tuesday? Um, Tuesday yes. during the ball game, um, KB was struggling with some allergies, sinus allergies, sinuses. Uh, eyes were swollen. It's hard to breathe. He couldn't. You know, he's struggling through. Um, you know, I made a joke about it being the trash area in Cleveland, but really, it's a it's a new climate, um, and so he had allergies in high school. I mean, I don't know how many times we had to clean out the contact lens in the dugout, you know, it happens. Um, but it, you know, when that stuff, when the sinuses kick in and you get, start getting those like migraines and your eyes start poofing up, it's, it's almost impossible to see a baseball. And I, you know, Wednesday or Tuesday night, he got pulled from the game and everyone freaked out. Mets fans freaked out. The, it, that was actually comical. Mets mm-hmm. fans, Mets fans were maybe my favorite part of the Twitter, the Twitterverse, um, because they're like, Oh my God, KB trade. It's coming. It's coming. McNeil for KB. No, stop. Stop. It's not happening at all, Mets fans. Not, not, not at all. There's nothing the Mets can actually give the Cubs right now that's going to actually happen. So stop. But it was great to watch them freak out. I freaked out um, because again, I actually wasn't. I, I was. I was just getting home from the gym when it all happened, and I was like, you know, I watch the game on my phone sometimes, and then when I'm driving, obviously I would put it away. I'm a responsible driver. I usually only just, you know, um, you know, mm-hmm. text while I drive. So instead of listening to radio, um, and so anyway, I got got home and, and that happened. So again, I thought it was initially a sh- shoulder because the at bat before I went back again, I go back and watch his at bats. When I, as soon as I get back, I thought he maybe tweaked his shoulder. So I initially, I'm like, well, look, he winced. He was wincing at that time. And I'm like, okay, he winced. So I guess he might've hurt his shoulder, but I didn't realize at the time what it really was, which he could breathe. He was having a hard time breathing. He was wincing because it hurt. Like he was like, it was like, it wasn't like, ouch, my shoulder. It's like, God, this is not as easy as I, okay, hold on. And so he goes back out on defense. And then after the, I, th- I think, was it after defense or was it uh, after I think it was after the defensive inning. They just, they kind of, it was it. They, they pulled. Mm-hmm. And so that was that we reported. I, I actually, you know, I mean, Jesse Rogers finally got it right, but I actually, I, I think I scooped Chicago media by like six or seven minutes. It was kind of great. It was kind of funny because we're on the West coast and not a big deal. No, no, no biggie, but mm-hmm. it was out there. And then, uh, it took a while for them to actually say allergies. They said illness. And then, so I'm like 45 minutes later, it went to illness. And then about an hour, hour and a half after finally David Ross, at the press conference was like, yeah, he had some sinus issues, which is what we had said from the start. So that was that he, he goes home, had a hard time sleeping. He's on, you know, you, I don't know if you guys have ever had, I have bad allergies. I had you get breathing treatment treatments when I was a kid. Um, I just get shots. Allergies suck, especially out here on the West coast, but Bermuda is really bad out here. Although I know, you know, this too, the cottonwood trees. And so anyway, you get a little bit of allergies. Can't relate. 
Oh, well, that's you, man. <laughs> um, anyway, I and I recommend that. local bee honey for those of you that have allergies. Eat that pollen, adjust. But anyway, um, mine haven't been so bad lately. But anyway, so anyway, Chris has the allergy thing. He, go, You know, it's hard to sleep. The sinuses, I mean, if you guys have ever had a sinus infection or any kind of sinus issues, it's not easy. Goes to bed, barely slept that night, shows up to the ballpark. He's on allergy meds, obviously. You're not supposed to operate heavy machinery after you take allergy meds. But somehow, in a tight ball game, uh, David Ross asked KB to go ahead and pinch hit. And he goes up and hits and proceeds to get hit on the wrist, of course. Now, I don't think if even if he hasn't taken allergy meds, I don't think he has. There's no chance he gets out of the way of that. That was just Quantrill or whatever his name is. Nowhere near the zone. That ball was gone. So Chris gets hit in the wrist, immediately pulled. Here's the update. Yesterday, he went home. He could move it just fine. It was a little sore. He didn't have any swelling as of last night. He uh, he was fine. You know, he's gonna. You know, we assume it's gonna probably hit in the morning today. It's a little sore. No major swelling. Everything's fine. We should see KB more than likely in the lineup on Friday. If we don't see him on Friday, it's because they're being extra cautious, which is great because the Cubs are seriously the worst at protecting their own players from themselves. I know no it sounds worst. terrible to say that. Sometimes you just say, "Bro, I love you," but no, sit there, sit down, sit down. Um, and so in this case. It would be more caution, precautionary, but I think that I think we should see KB in the lineup Friday, if not Saturday. So we so think the Cubs dodged a bullet. He's going to be okay. Let's just review. Let's review. He wasn't just a little under the weather. Homeboy couldn't see or breathe. He's okay after taking the ball off his wrist. Mm-hmm. And if he's not in the lineup on Friday, it does not mean he got traded to the Mets. Absolutely, it doesn't mean he's been. I traded just want to give everyone anyway. the cliff notes here. On yes. And may I also say, this is something, and this is, uh, this is, again, a side note, but I feel like there is increased optimism from the Bryant camp that an extension is very, very, very possible. I guess I'm going to put it this way, but I do believe that it's because the Cubs organization is going to wait until their, all of their options have been vested, which is the trade deadline. And once the trade deadline hits, I think that that's where you're going to see if they don't get the offers they want, they know what they've got to do. They'll do it or they'll take their comp picks. But I think that there's a lot more of an observation just based on, just on, on positivity from, 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 from the, those peeps. It, it sounds like that there's a, you know, it's it, the Brian camp's never been like, give me the contract. Now the Brian camp's like, Hey, I'm going to go out and perform. And you know what? If I don't perform, it'll be cheaper. Obviously we're seeing the other side of that coin. He's never had a deadline. He never gave an ultimatum. He never said at the end of spring break or, or spring training or whatever. He just, we'll get it when we get it. And he knows that he's happy to get it in January and roll into spring training. Like, it doesn't matter. So the, you're talking about a guy that'll sit there and work three, two counts every single at bat. Do you think he's going to be concerned about a white, you know, about a- You have Danny Mendix, though. Settle down. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. Do you think, but, but do you think that someone that is already shown to be patient enough to sit and take three, two counts constantly, he can wait. He knows he can wait. He will wait. He'll be ready to go in the time, but he's 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 fine. Like, and that's the best part is he should be popped back. And the Cubs have an ask. The ask is extremely high. I cannot stress this enough. Teams that trade for Chris Bryant, the ask is going to be brutal. Do not conflate you Darvish's trade and the low negotiating position that Jed Hoyer was in for that because of his payroll trim and what he was forced to do, but not forced to do. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But you can say with Chris Bryant, he's at max cap value at this point. You can expect that Jed's going to say either you're going to hit this, we're happy to extend after. Smack that shit. Or we'll take the comp picks in what's going to be a loaded 2022 draft. 
So Jed has actually, no matter what, even though that, you know, the Ricketts family have made it very clear that they, they've, they've tried as best they could to cut out the high ground for negotiations with, with, for trades, because now everyone thinks that they're broke, even though they're worth $3.4 billion and they, now they're going to get 60% capacity. So I don't know what their next excuse is going to be, but um, now it's, it's, you know, they, they can negotiate. Now, if, if, look, if someone offers a slam bang offer for Chris Bryant, the Cubs would be terribly stupid to not take it. And it should come from a team that knows full well they're probably we warm weather you? climate, right? Right. But it's not gonna. So, it's it's going to take a ton, and I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that anybody's going to give that up, except for the Dodgers, the Angels, or the Padres. Those are the three teams that I think would give it up, maybe. But other, Las Vegas Athletics is well, Nico that still hurt? Fun. But that would be free agency too. Is Nico yeah. still hurt? He's coming back Friday. Yep. Okay. That was one question. Second question: How happy are you? To see the return of the jock. Oh, he's been great. Maybe, maybe he was dealing with the wrist injury. Yeah, it might have been. A, it's funny you said that because <laughs> I was thinking that maybe an injury too. In, but it in been the two-game series against Cleveland, he went five for ten. You know, he had a pretty good series. You know, he's, been, he's been great since he really? came in the injured list. I remember because I a streaky guy. People like to tweet me when he does well, which is deserved, and that's fine. But I was thinking to myself the same thing. I was like, man, we were saying that was a fake injury. That might have actually been real. Like. <laughs> Well, here's yeah, the, here the numbers. So since he's come back, he's slashing 444, 484, 481 with a 169 WRC plus in seven games. So either he had to have a wrist break for his injury or he needed a reset to come back. Like either one doesn't matter. Yeah. It was a great whatever they whatever the reason was, he's playing well. We're gonna, you know, the Cubs are gonna get now they get Horner and Arietta both back on Friday. So now the Cubs are starting to get a little bit healthier. This was a bad stretch. Remember what was the what was our month? We talked about this before, Aldo. What was our uh, our stretch where we would measure the Cubs? Oh, we, we they just finished it and they finished like five hundred. So it, it was, was like twenty two games. And I think they went eleven eleven or eleven and ten. I think head above water. We said that that would mean you're a contender, right? They, uh, they, they're there, and now they're getting healthy. And <laughs> well, I know? mean, they are, but they aren't because then they lost Jake Marisnik, who's been like their best outfielder. He has a hamstring injury, and he's going to be out who knows how long. And he so was that sucks. Much. Yes, he was a fucking great. Yeah, he how was. About, can we talk about Justin Steele, though? Oh, Justin Steele is phenomenal. Is that a porn star? Right? I'm like a porn star name, but it's that, a guy that's that, who's that, who's that player? You the, uh, okay? We have our Justin Steele. Who's that player that the Sox traded to the Rangers for Bizarre? Uh, Steele Walker? And who had the porn, oh, the porn oh, name. Yeah. Uh, we have Justin Steele. Yeah. That's a sitcom name. For so like what? He's throwing. He's throwing uh, hundred mile an hour darts out there. Like lefty relievers throwing upper nineties, getting job. I know he allowed that hit in extra innings, but he's been. These are kids, pretty damn good. And to that point right there, this goes for both teams, north side and south side. Dude, a lot of these guys are still kids. Like people are looking at Garrett Crochet, expecting him to be fucking Randy Johnson every time he goes out there. It's like <laughs> no, guys, he's still learning shit. Too. Like. And, and and the lower back stuff with like crochet, for example, like having to protect these guys from themselves. These are tough guys too. The younger guys are way more ignorant than older guys. Like if a Brady is banged up, a Brady knows when to tell the trainer he's banged up. Like he's learned over time what shutdown is and what is like acceptable, like soreness and, and play through stuff. And What's, that's like that, that thing that veterans get. Whereas like guys, young guys like crochet, they wouldn't tell you shit if they had a mouthful of manure when their body's like in pain, like they're, I give me the ball coach. I don't give a shit. I'm, I got you. And that's what we saw with crochet a little bit. I think we saw his velocity drop a little bit and there was something going on. They took him back. 
His name's Justin Steele, right? No, yeah. we're talking about Crochet's velo. Yeah. I know, I know, but I'm I'm looking oh. up. I'm oh, gonna, gonna, yeah, Justin Steele. I'm and going he's, to again, school on Justin Steele. Him, Alzale's been really good now, and I've been critical. I keep saying that he's a young guy. Alzale is like 26. Like, we keep forgetting that, but Alzale looked great again. He's um, like he's like Cease. Yep. Like Albert Alzale, he's like, hey, hey, yeah, he's like 26 or 27, but like he's only started like 10 games in his career. Like he doesn't have that much experience because of the uh-uh. injuries. But yeah. By the way, I, I think I, I don't know if this happened. Did this happen? Did this happen before last podcast? But I basically have been retweeted now by the entire Caraway family. family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. So yeah, my guy coming on the show. Oh, that see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and debut. I do want to say this. I know he's been he's making his rounds. Mike Bryant's been on all over the all yeah. over the TV back at home. Hey, 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 Dutchie, Dutchie. He's all over the TV back at home. Anyway, he's on um, the box with the pitchers. Yep, yep, yep. So we're gonna have Mike on. Uh, I think we may even push it to like a segment on Father's Day. I'm gonna sit down with Mike. We're gonna talk about like everything. We're gonna talk about. I know he's been talking about KB swing. He got his. He got to air a little bit of the Chili Davis stuff out there. I'm. Wild. I'm gonna sit down with Mike, <laughs> and these guys will hopefully maybe can make it too. We're gonna have to do it on the side because he's got his, his schedule is pretty specific. But we're gonna talk about, especially for Father's Day, what it's like to be a professional baseball father. And we're hoping. I would like to also hopefully get maybe Rick Giolito, friend of the show. We know well people. We know people that know alive, people. But but together, like to talk about again what it's like to be a father of a young ball player, at least while they're children, because again they played in the same club circuit. If you didn't know that, like they're all from the same like West Coast club circuit. They have all mm-hmm. seen each other. And we so, know people that know people. We'll we'll get that to go on. But we'll do that. But anyway, so but I just want to say for the I just looked it up. Right now, Garrett Crochet's average on a four his four seam fastball is ninety six point four. Justin Steele is at ninety three point eight. But the thing Justin Steele has that I really like is he has that sinker. Now Crochet doesn't really throw that sinker, but Crochet's got that slider. But Steele's got the slider as well. But it looks like Crochet goes to the slider a little bit more than Steele does. Very small sample size, but there are young lefties. It's a it's a good it's a good because it's a good comparison right now. Not velocity, him, yeah, I guess. But him, stop. I mean Keegan Thompson, he's made oh, a couple yeah. of starts and I think relief mm-hmm. appearances. He's looked good. What about my dude, your guy Fitz? How's he doing? Sexy Rexy. Oh, Chafin? Oh, Kevin dropped him from his fantasy team though. Well, I, you know, I have injury list, injury list. <laughs> I need saves. I saw a closer that was available, and I literally every single player on my roster, other than my starters, by the way, are on the injured way, list. I shouted out everybody else, and then after, shout out to Willie, also yep. became a supporter to the show. Oh, Willie, that's awesome, man! You guys are fun. I'm gonna see Willie this summer at some point because I'm going to San Diego, and and Willie will meet me at Petco for whatever we're doing. Hey, but this is a uh, again. We're looking at we're looking at you know, when you look at the Cubs. Petco. Yeah, but I mean, just like everything about the Cubs is just like there's some good and there's some bad, and like you basically have a team who like, keeps hovering around 500. Yeah, treading water. Like Arietta was gone for a couple of starts, but he's gonna be back this weekend against the Tigers. So you know, it's the Tigers. Tigers aren't that good. Um, it's a good Cubs get should right win series. this series. I fucking hope so. Um, it's a get right series in there. So yeah. So yeah, what are the Cubs got right. coming up? And this is the thing. I've been really critical oh. on Javi Baez. But this specific lineup right now, and I know Jock's starting to heat up. Javi's integral in this lineup. As, as much as he'll drive you nuts, this offense is better with what they have when Javi is in the lineup as well. Like it, it, well, yeah, 100%. But, 
it's just not an optimal lineup, I guess. Hopefully, hopefully Nico's going to be back soon. That's great well, if he is. The good news is you're going to Detroit for three games. If there's a fixer team in baseball right now, it's Slump Detroit. It's a Mark Gray slump buster. It, it yeah, has to be. It is. And, and the then, Cubs aren't even, even a slump. This is more like a, hey, let's just just in case. But they, just, they just can't get consistent. I mean, they've been streaky. Just win five, lose four. does not get. It is easier after that. <laughs> the Nationals who seem to be figuring out come to Wrigley Field for four. John Lester is going to be pitching on Monday. That's going to be a, a thing. Um, and then you go to St. Louis, first place team for three games. Pittsburgh, who for I don't I don't know what to think about Pittsburgh for three no, games. Pittsburgh's bad now. They're the key, bad. Oh, they're back to bad now. They're bad now. Okay. Yeah, good. they're bad now. And the key thing here is this is the first time the Cubs are going to be facing the Cardinals all season. They've seen the Brewers what seven. 10 like it yep. feels like i feel like yeah. the cubs have played the pirates like, and the brewers like two series at least yeah ad nauseum at this point so this is the first cardinals cubs nothing brings out that red rocket on the dogs in cubs baseball than the st louis cardinals as boring as st louis is they pull out the red rocket so the red rocket may show up for that series that might be the series where the cubs either can if have, they get their dicks knocked in the dirt then they're fixed but if they go out this and make is, Oh God! Two national. This is this is this is going to come across as, oh, the White Sox fan is giving the Cubs shit. But like, as a baseball, have you looked at the Cubs June? No, 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 no. I told you. Brutal. I told you the. This is a. It was it was before the first. uh, I think it was before opening day. I was looking at the schedule. I looked at that end of April, beginning of May, that twenty game stretch, and then I said June. And June. I was like, holy so shit. For those June. of you White Sox fans or Cubs fans that didn't look this far ahead, let's go. Start, yeah, start on June. June. First week, of, or we'll start Monday, May 31st. So Monday, starting May, Monday, third, you have three right. games at home versus San Diego. Then you go to San Francisco for four games. Then you go to San Diego for three games. Then you have St. Louis at home for three games. Then you go to the Mets for four games. Then you have the Marlins at home for three games. Followed by Cleveland at home for two games, and then you go to LA, play the Dodgers for four games, and then you got to hop on a plane and go play Milwaukee for three. That's and you know what all those teams can do? Schedule, right? All those teams can fucking pitch. Yes. So- <laughs> yes. You know what else they can do? They can suck it because the Cubs are going to do it. But, all right. Anyway, that is a. I didn't realize they had it. You should be. That's brutal. But, but but that is a that's a stretch. Um, actually. That, that Padre series is the first week of June, right? Because I think I'm actually flying back from Chicago after the White yeah. Sox on that June 4th. Yeah, they got the I'm Padres in, in Wrigley, the 31st, the 1st, and the 2nd. I mean, you can even start Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think. Because like, they oh, have really? the end of May with uh, three against the Reds. Really, right. I'm coming for that one game. More than likely, I'm going to fill up the tank of gas. I'm driving to San Diego. going to watch that afternoon game on the Wednesday. I mean, point. honestly, everything up to like from June and through the All Star break, we're gonna have a pretty good idea if the Cubs are gonna be selling a lot or not <laughs> by the All Star break. We're at that point, know. we'll have a clear picture. Yeah, that's, clear, we're gonna, that's know. Like gonna be a clear. <laughs> again, if they get smoked, cool. But if they if they roll in and they they, I mean, it's up again. You got to win games. You got to play the schedule. Like, yeah, it is or it isn't. So if if they're contenders, they are. If they're not, they're not. The cream rises to the top. I'm it's, so glad we go live at five o'clock or at five thirty. Because I just realized that the Sox on 35th guys went live at the exact same time as the Sox machine guys. <laughs> I, I mean, it's all good content. I was actually on the Sox on 35th the day that uh, Luis got hurt. Luis got hurt. Those are great guys, too. It's, it's 
There's a I'm lot of good content. You're checking out other people's podcasts while we're talking about the Cubs on the show, though. I really appreciate your input. From the yeah. start to the finish of the show, I'm always <laughs> on Twitter to have breaking moves. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. At least it's not Grinder. I mean, Grinder would be a little bit more awkward. You're like, what am I uh, The good thing I do have to say about the Cubs gesture? is, uh, I mean, their pitching is getting a little better. I mean, I know Hendricks had that fucking, that first inning What's where he, on? every hit. No, no, no. No, I saw you, and I know. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if you watched the game. Or not. I mean, he still gave up nine hits. Like he still gave up nine hits. No, no, no like, but like, what it was Kyle like, Hendricks does. Well, no, that's what that's what Kyle Hendricks does. He gives up soft contact. It's just every every those fucking hits were like not even not. I'm not even going to disrespect like comparing it to Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal makes hard contact. This was like 50 mile per hour. Like little bloopers <laughs> falling in. I'm not worried about Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks is going to be fine. I'm, I'm glad I'm that Zach Davies is Hendricks, doing so. a little better. I'm uh, concerned with Kyle Hendricks. I'm are you, no, I'm, for I'm, those of you that don't know, because you guys are both talking at the same time, but they're referring <laughs> to the Cubs loss to the Pirates where Hendricks went five innings, gave up four, only had three strikeouts, and had a walk. Correct? Yeah. Okay. That first inning, I think he had like four hits. Or He's been bad in the first inning. He has not been sharpened. How many first innings in a row? Pittsburgh yeah. scored four in the first. Yeah, I'm not. And again, it's, he pitched it, great. It's happened a few times now with Kyle. He has <laughs> he, not been. He pitched great in the first inning. Gave look, your defense let you down. This is so confusing. You guys got to like figure out your cadence. Oh, here. I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about <laughs> Kevin. Is, Can I explain I'm why not. I'm worried? Then go ahead. Go ahead. He's given up soft contact, sure, but he is also he's also not locating he's actually missing his spots so his soft what? contact is actually a no contact situation which means he's not so yes he's giving up soft contact singles doesn't matter those are supposed to be no contact swings and he is not sharp he is missing his spots he's leaving his fastball up and teams are sitting back and this is what good teams did to get him in the postseason which is my concern when he faced like teams like the dodgers the good hitters sit back and they just they're happy to strafe the baseball who did that? Like to he's not fooling the them with his velocity, and they're, they're they strafe the ball. It's 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 fine, but there are teams he's not he's missing spots. If it's supposed to be in the nine, and he's hitting the seven, he's not hitting his spot. He's leaving it elevated, and so that's what I'm concerned with. Is he's not as sharp as he normally is. He's a guy that can actually play the game, and right now, you have a guy that kicks a ground ball at short. That's fine. Or a guy that kicks the ball at third, or a guy that kicks the ball at second, fine. He's going to miss a few barrels. He's going to get a heavy ground ball for a double play ball. His heavy ball right now isn't heavy. It is more or less kind of sitting up a little bit longer than it normally does. Maybe he's just getting into it. Again, I'm concerned now, but it's only because of the now. Like the data, like the, what has happened so far is that he's just not hit, but he's been better. And as he finished that game. You want guys that start figuring it out and getting a feel isn't like a, it's a process and you can't tell the process to speed up. It happens when it happens. So maybe now it's time, but he did have better command after, but just to butt in here with a little bit of a, looking at Kyle's baseball savant page. It's a lot of blue, a lot of blue. And that's where the concern is. So although we heard why he's concerned, why I'm are you not, not concerned? I'm not concerned. Why? Because Kyle Hendricks has been top <laughs> 10 pitcher since 2014. And it's not like other cases really. It's like, like a young guy. It's like, holy shit, what the hell is wrong with 24, 25-year-old ex-name pitcher? It's like, no, Kyle Hendricks knows what he's doing wrong. 
Uh, he fixes it. He has. It's not like Kyle Hendricks has always been great. He's had like it. It always seems to be April too, where he struggles, has a couple rough starts, and then like it's the end of the year, and he has like a three point two ERA, and it's fine. He'll so, figure it out. Yeah, I think yeah, you're. I mean, that's exactly. I'm, concerned, what I'm, I'm rightly not, concerned. I don't think with, we're disagreeing, Kevin. Yeah. I don't think we are either. I'm just. I'm. I, you're. You're more. You're less concerned than I am with if this keeps happening. If he continues to keep giving up even soft singles, he's still giving up singles. <laughs> But for me, that's my concern. Is Damn, he's his baseball savant ranking for fastball velocity is one. Oh, I mean, for fastball spin, it's one. So. <laughs> I know it's just, I just, I guess until I've seen it he's like just, this, it's just, just not throwing heavy right now. Once he yeah. starts and, throwing and heavy, the other thing is, uh, and, the ground outs and, the, and those stats drives, I mean, he's he has been good. I'm not saying he's been good. He like the Pittsburgh start aside, like he's been. Like the two starts against the Braves just absolutely murdered his numbers so far because he gave but up. I would say that, Six home runs or something. I would say he's had more poor starts this year than he has at this point normally in the last few seasons. Oh, yeah. He's usually been very good up but to this point. Also this is not what as I've good gathered. As been. That's where my concern. And again, this is outsider looking in. He, Cubs defense as a whole has not been great. Bad. That 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 shortstop Bias has been not, hasn't been as good. Um, you know, without, without Nico, Nico at there. second base, that yep. sucked. Uh, so I mean, Chris Bryant is an outfielder now, and he's been good. So it's like <laughs> when he that's can it at least when he can breathe. When he yes. when his thumb is not being no, broken. No, like, he's Chris been good. Bryant, it, I think it's been almost a month now. He hasn't started at third base since April twentieth. I. Well, this is a valid question just, from a friend of the show, thing. Nathan. Can control degrade with age, like velocity does? I, I think that control, I think command, I don't think command, no, I think command is something, I think command is, when you play darts with a dude that's 80, dude still hits the bullseye. That's like, fair. I think that command is, analogy. it's a, it's a, it's an ideological and I think a neurological thing where you know how to adjust for your, like your body's just so in sync. Greg Maddox, I don't know if you saw the video when Greg went out, Maddox went out there and fucked with KB and he pretended to be a cameraman and he had a fake beard, fake belly. He went up to CSN and they were like, oh, we're just doing like a batting practice video. And if you've never seen this, it's from Red Bull. It was a total prank. Oh, he, I know the video. He thought it was yeah, he thought it was just a camera guy. And he's like, yeah, I could. Th- I used to play back in the day. Greg Maddox is literally the most unassuming human being in the world. You would never know he's a Hall of Famer, no. maybe the greatest right hand of, of our time. And he goes out there. And of course, Greg does what he does. And, and, like, OK, you ever thrown one of those styrofoam balls, like played around with them? You could throw those styrofoam balls. They shoot, shoot. They just do Every direction or like a wiffle ball, maybe. yeah. Like maybe, a not, not, no, but there, I mean, there's like, where like there's actual like a like a arts and craft ball that you can throw to work on like your fingers and getting. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rising, I know, yeah. Anyway, Maddox does that with a real baseball. Like he does that. Like that's what it like feels like to him. So anyway, he goes out and he pretends to be this camera guy. He's like, yeah, I'll throw you some, and immediately he starts just to Chris. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that first swing, Chris, like that. Whoa, that ball. That ball, had, that ball had a little bit of movement. A little boogie in it. Yeah, and then he's like, wait, how? and then all of a sudden Maddox just starts just, poor Chris, he had no idea. He's getting carved by the guy throwing batting practice that was a cameraman doing audio with the boom mic. And then, of course, Maddox rips his you know beard off or whatever, and it turns out he's Zoe. So, um, but uh, what? It was me. But he, no, it was me. that's the thing, though. Those guys, those guys have that command. And so Maddox could go out there, and he could – he could lose again. Maddox used to be able to throw harder too. That's another thing. Um, he didn't. He just chose not to. But those guys can go out there and 
they feel their body. They know how to command a pitch. So guys like Hendricks age usually well. I mean, we're talking about Dave, Zach Davies is throwing like 72 mile an hour curveballs and getting outs. Like, holy hell. Um, that's 72 miles an hour. That is what a 12 year old throws if they're a good 12 year old. But the movement and the location and the mindset is what makes those guys good. And that's what Hendricks, I think, will eventually figure it out. But he's just not fooling, but he's not getting the movement. He's not heavy like he should be. So that's that, that's my concern with him. And Davies, too. When Davies doesn't have it, Davies gets lit, man. When that ball's not moving, it's straight. Uh, yeah. Have a good I mean, day. That, that, uh, the, our, pre, our uh, old uh, co-host, uh, he would always bring up, it's like, man, yeah, it's like looking at Hendrick's pitch. Like, nothing's really impressive. And, it, like, he, I think he saw like, a couple starts, like, where he give up, like, four or five runs, a couple home runs. And it's like, yeah, like, there's that very, like, because they just have, like, zero margin of error. Like, you know, you can be Mike Kopech, like, miss down the middle with, like, 97, and you'll be fine most of the time. Like, mm-hmm. you can't be Kyle Hendricks missing your spots at, like, 85, 86. Right. Like, they, those right. guys have to be perfect with their command, with their location. And, yeah, like, when Hendricks doesn't have it, like, that's why he has struggled, uh, you know, for oh. the first, what, like, six weeks. Let's look here. When it's not there, it's not there. Like, and you're in trouble. And that's the thing is that – you know, you hate to say this, and 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 Ross can't. Like that's the that's the, that's the really helpless part for David Ross is that he could look at and as a catcher especially, he could look at Kyle Hendricks and goes, he crap, he doesn't have it today, but he has to wear it because he's got to pray that maybe he didn't see it right because you can't get you can't make that kind of a like with a, with a reliever you can make that move. You're like ah oh, shit, he doesn't have it. How quick can I get him out of here? Like we know, but with a starter you like you're kind of like hogtied or you ruin the entire series, especially with your arms. So he has to sit. So it, it's it's kind of like a weird spot for like a guy like David Ross. He can only hope that Kyle figures it out or Davies figures it out. There are so many soft throwers in this Cubs rotation, and then you have Alzale and Arietta's coming back, which is good, but mm-hmm. he he might and need that's, and that's really good. starts. Like I don't know. It's like the senior circuit right now. It's give these yeah, guys days between starts, and they're great. Alzali, I mean, he has like a, I think he's literally just like a 4.50 area, which is like just average, but like, again, that's like a dragon from that first start, but that's like a, uh, but that's like a quality start every time out, you know, six innings, three runs. Uh, But I think with him, it's just like, he just, he's running out of gas. Mm -hmm. You know, he gets to that like 70, 80 pitch mark. And then it's like, blah. And again, as we like talked about it earlier, just briefly, yeah, he's like 26, but like he doesn't have a lot of experience. He's hasn't pitched that much. Uh, just in general, because mm-hmm. of injuries, he he's had he hasn't had a full season since like twenty like seventeen, I think. Right, like he hasn't had a full season in a while. And again, they're managing his innings this year. Um, that's why we saw him like cold down uh, earlier in the year. But you know, he's been he's been completely fine, and I, I love it. I, I I we I know earlier in the season, I did, I in Milwaukee. You know, he had that quick hook. You know, where Ross took him out with the bases loaded, mm-hmm. but now he's kind of getting a little extended. You know, he's getting into that, like, 90-pitch range. Yeah. So, you know, maybe with, like, more starts, he gets that stamina up, more strength. Maybe he can go deeper in games. But, like, for the most part, he's, like, he first, like, couple innings, or, I mean, for his last couple starts, like, first, like, four innings, he just, like, breezes right through him, and then he does kind of hit that wall. But, you know, hopefully he gets over that hump eventually. And so you mentioned this, and this is something I want to recommend, by the way, for any of you, like, pitching fans uh, with with any hard-throwing if you if you have a franchise that has a hard throwing like starter, especially um, Jeff Pas- is it Passan Passan pa- I call him Passan is it Passan Passan Jeff Passan Jeff Passan just Jeff call Passan. him just Beef Loaf calls him Daddy 
Daddy, Duplo's daddy. Um, he was on a podcast for ESPN the other night, um, and he was talking about velocity um, and how we are seeing guys that throw that are starters that have the high velocity, have that high velo, that are throwing 98, 99. They're not able to get past five or six innings. They are. It, it, it's becoming a thing where that's why that bullpen becomes so integral from the seven, eight, nine. These guys are humping it up so much that they're losing it in the fifth and sixth inning because of the right. hump up. The hump up but is there. Like here's, again, in the past, I'll say this: was this old guy yelling at Cloud. A lot of pitchers found ways to pick their moments and save some for later. We talk about save it for later, right? Like when you were a kid, your mom's like, "Hey, I have a whole bag of candy," and you're like, "Give me all the candy." Mom's like, "No, you can have a couple." And we're gonna have some over the day, and then when we go home, you can pass out, and then I can, you know, mom can watch TV because you're candy high or whatever, and sleep. It's the same thing with pitchers and 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 athletes. You can you can and you can get out there and you can let them go, but you want to, you know, the old pitchers would just say, "I'm gonna take a one bite at a time." Old bull. Now it's like we're humping up. It's hump up from first pitch to start, and humping up from first pitch to start is exhausting and these guys and Pasan he, uh, he talked about it he's guys are like the average starter is like 5.6 innings i think your boy chasing just won hmm? chasing just won in the game oh we'll, we'll pause here for that one too but the, the idea is that these guys can't finish because they're just they're exhausted they're they're physically it you're trading velocity for shorter outings which means now you have these guys that can go in the bullpen that are throwing just as hard for shorter amount of time. So it, yep. it, it kind of makes it different, but well, now the, you talk, cause I'm about to pull this up. Cause I'm about to freak out. Well, I mean, just, I didn't realize we're already at the 145 mark here, but Ew. the other thing, a guy that goes out there and throws 98 to hundred miles an hour, isn't a circus act anymore. Nope. It's, it's like friggin'. the norm. And these professional hitters are going to adjust to it. So now you can't just go up there saying, Oh, I, you know, I toss a hundred and expect that to be enough. Now it's got to move. Now you got to locate it. Now it's just, it's not the same anymore. Like 10 years ago, a guy throws a hundred miles an hour. Every time he's in a game, it's one of the top highlights on sports center. Yeah. Now any given night, you got 10 guys that is going to do that. Who I remember, I remember one of the first times where it was like such a big thing when a guy hit like more than a hundred was uh, that one Ooh. closer or reliever from Detroit. Uh, he was a lefty, and like there was, they made it like such a big deal because like he was like, you know, he fucking loved it. Every, after every pitch, he would like look up to see how hard I threw. Right. I remember like that had to been like late two thousands. That was like one of the first times I remember. I was like, holy shit! Like you have a guy throwing one hundred and one. Like what? What is this? And now everyone, right. you can like besides maybe the Cubs bullpen. Oh yeah, Jabba. I mean, Joba. A job Chamberlain? No, I don't think it was him, but it was uh, it was somebody else. It was it was a it's lefty. Dry line, guys. Um, but, but it was, uh, I mean, you look, uh, you look at it like most, uh, pitching staffs now. Yeah. You have like, it's not just like one, every like couple guys. It's like every pitching staff has a guy who will throw a hundred or throws 97 and it right. fucking moves like six inches at the last, like split second. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are fucking nasty now. And but the thing is, it's the technology, the technology driveline. Uh, if, if your franchise, if you are, if yes, you're right. Fan, Zamaya fan, Sox fan, Yankees fan, whatever fan, it doesn't matter. If your franchise is associated with driveline, you are on the cutting edge. What they have done with their training and Jason, Jason's a good example, actually, which he's out there right now. 
and he's laboring a little bit. He's got two outs, but um, he's okay. He gave up a hit, and that looks All like right. an intentional, unintentional walk. Finish um, your point up, though, because yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so but these guys are the guys are learning how to throw hard. They're putting sensors on their body. They're knowing exactly the fast twitch they need. They become these things. And so, but the thing is, the hitters have the exact same tech to adjust. And right now, hitters, minus a few, like like a magical, are not adjusting. They're going to beat their head against the wall when they've been figured out. They've been figured out. They've been they've Sherlock Holmes has rolled in with Watson like, we have you. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. They know how to beat you. Now you have to adjust again. And that's why guys like Magical, that's why the White Sox line up. Whereas like a three outcome is no longer acceptable. And so that's what we're dealing with now with these guys is that three outcome now. Oh. <laughs> he is his grandpa of this pot. But You're older that's, than me. That's, that's, that's again. Um, that's, that's why they're throwing harder. That's why they're throwing faster. And it's up to the offense to figure it out. Like adjust. It's the drive line. It's the it's it's the tech. Without a doubt. And I mean to recap, go buy shirts, go buy mugs, go buy onesies. Uh donate to the show. Here. But um I don't know who Ralph Waldo is, but what's up, dude? Ralph. Um yeah. <laughs> and Ralph, oh, uh, Ralph. Uh, for every uh comment you've had, donate to the show. Yeah, there you go. Um we put up the the, the the donation <laughs> link on Twitter. I didn't really ex- like believe me. That was not something that was discussed pre-show. That kind of just happened, but it was organic uh, plate passing. Re- really appreciate all the love and support. And um, again, depending on how this weekend goes, hopefully we can get together and do a show on Monday. Because uh, with all these games being played, I feel like that breaks it up a little bit better. Real quick, Zoe, before you close this out, what is your ideal successful week in the next, our next podcast? What will be the next seven days success for you? With four with KC, three with, three with uh, Cleveland, or three with Minnesota. Uh, those, if they get four or five out of those seven, we're rolling. Okay. So, would okay. Yeah, Aldo for the Cubs? Go five and two. Got to sweep Detroit. Detroit's got to like the Cubs aren't the Cubs are like an average team right now. You have to beat up on the bad teams. There is no reason to lose to Detroit. And then split against Washington at home. So we can do a shot of Patreon. Patreon. If they if they they sweep, we'll do a shot of Patreon. I don't even know what that looks. I got to look into that. All right. So for all the fids, I'm Zoe. Uh, Thank you guys, everybody, again for uh, listening along and commenting along with us tonight. And thank you for all the support. And uh, stick around. We'll see you guys hopefully during the week. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees or the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change.